Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up? After Buzzers, New Amsterdam, Season 2, Episode 4, The Denominator. Hey, we're going to break this episode down. Y'all keep it locked. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. I don't know why I love this music when it comes on. It just makes you want to rock. Rock, rock. Hey, y'all, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, Season 2, Episode 4 of New Amsterdam. I am your man, Tyler Tyson, and uh, I'm here and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Ricky Vitucci, and the crowd goes wild. Listen, there we go. (laughs) It's always right on time. Hey, so we are breaking down Season 2, Episode 4 of New Amsterdam. The show is called uh, The Denominator. So many things happened in this show. Um, There's a mysterious lead poisoning that we're going to talk about. Dr. Sharp and Dr. Castro kind of get into it a little bit. Uh, This is so much. But first, what were your overall thoughts of the episode? I liked it. Um, it was, I mean, surprise, surprise. I'm obsessed with this show. It is, but this specific episode, you know, I just love the cast. Like, yeah. I wish, like, these doctors are just so amazing. They all literally want the best for their patients. Yes. Especially Max and Sharp. Yes, 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 absolutely. They will go above and yes. beyond I love to Dr. make Sharp. sure that. That, you know, they are, that their patients are well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And if they're dying, they also know that too. And they also want to help them. They're very Ease honest. the pain. They're very, what I like about this show, uh, this episode in particular, I think, highlighted the fact that these doctors are so brutally honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Castro, but we'll Neither get to I. that later. Um, but my overall thoughts were just like you piggybacking off what you said. They're just so honest. They, they give you the hard facts. They let you know what's up. You know, this is the outcome you are. If you continue to do certain things, this could be the outcome. We need to do this to prevent this. Like, I just love it. And even when things, the traditional way doesn't go accordingly, Mm -hmm. they are like Max. Like, he goes above and beyond and thinks outside of the box all the time time. for the benefit of his patients and of the patients of New Amsterdam. And that's why I love, like, this hospital. Like, I wish... I've seen hospitals like this before. Listen. I've never come across a hospital or a doctor like this. Yes. I'm sure that they are out there. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully. The 1%. Hopefully. <laughs> I, have, I have yet to really have to go to the hospital like that. Good. I, I suffered from dehydration one random time. Oh, wow. Um, but... I still don't think I had a doctor like any of the doctors at New Amsterdam. So jumping right into it, let's talk about Max since you brought him up. The the show opens up with Max. He's uh, walking his daughter, goes by a basketball court, stop and plays basketball. Um, It's subjective whether you think he's a good basketball player or not. Um, We're going to fast forward (laughs) a little bit. Come to find out there's one of the guys that was on the court, goes to the barbershop. and finds out that this guy is suffering from a heart condition. Um, and then also, so with that, 
aside from this one individual suffering from this heart condition, you're also unpacking the fact that the majority of the black community, we just don't go to the doctor. That's just not what we do. I think every group, regardless of like yep. your ethnicity, yep. everybody has their struggle. Everybody sure. kind of does this. These people do that. And not to stereotype, but just it, the facts are the facts. Proportionately or unproportionately, we just don't go to the to the doctor or the hospital. So come to find out a lot of people in this in this uh, barbershop potentially could be in the same position as this one individual that's suffering from this heart condition. Um, What do you think about what ended up happening, which was Max trained Kenny, who's the barbershop owner, um, how to basically check everyone's blood pressure. And then if your blood pressure is at a certain point, he also, there's a checklist and he can actually administer the proper (laughs) medication um, that you would normally have to go to the doctor and get a prescription for and all of that. What do you think about that? I think it's brilliant. I mean, I don't really know, obviously, I don't know what the medical rules are Mm -hmm. or what what the law is about distributing prescription drugs. However, it doesn't matter because Max is always in thinking for the best interest of human beings. Mm -hmm. And he just wants to prevent from people potentially dying because someone could feel perfectly fine and then out of nowhere have a heart attack, a stroke, whatever the case may be. So Max is trying to honestly prevent this from happening. And I don't know. And please inform me is it because the uh, human beings in general but is it the black community just is not as healthy is not just not as healthy because i guess that's why african americans don't want to go to the doctor I'm, i was confused b- yeah, by the whole thing it's a lot to unpack with that so uh it's a couple of things one it's been documented, whether you believe the documentation or yeah. not, that the majority of the African Americans that are in this country that that are descendants of slaves, the ones that survived the the horrific trip over on okay. the boat and shackles and all of that, were the ones who whose salt intake and all of that were at a different level. Got so, it. so basically. My ancestors are, I am the descendant of ancestors that all suffer from hypertension, basically, because in order to survive that trip, they had to have hypertension. That was the only way to survive. So, basically, you know that it's a um, genetic situation. So, it's passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. And so, I potentially have always, and you see, I'm not an overweight person. I work out regularly, might not have the best diet, but I am always kind of at risk for hypertension just because it's hereditary. So that's one. Um, two, as as we've there was a presidential debate today, and the thing <clears throat> that they always talk about is healthcare. And unfortunately, when you are coming from a place of not necessarily poverty, but when you're coming from a place of struggle, there are other issues like you know we have to worry about the police and we have to worry about this, and there's so many other things. It's like the health just gets to the bottom of the list. But that's so unfortunate. I know. It sucks, but it's just like, it's, it's almost like order of operations and it should be, oh, you know, like with the plane, yeah. they say put the mask on yourself first yeah. and then, unfortunately, my community does not abide by that and it's like, okay, I'm going to take care of everybody else. I'm going to make sure the bills are paid, make sure that my child can go here and do this, make sure they're the first to graduate from here and then if I have time, oh, I'll come back to dealing with me. And Damn. so... That, I just, ah, oh, I wish people, I mean, and, but and, and I don't feel like that specific is not just in the black community. Right. I just feel like it's that old school mindset yeah. 
that gets handed down oh, yeah. generation after oh, generation yes. where it's like if you want to be happy, if you want to love, if you want to be healthy, if you want to take care of others, you have to be good before you could do anything for anyone else. Absolutely, yeah. So health and it all, all, and this is something I'm going to heavily weigh on, it all comes with your nutrition plan. Yes. What you put in your body, what you put on your skin, what you drink, what you think, we're all made up of cells, over 170 trillion cells in our body. We're a vibration. We're an energy. So, and it's not, it's not only the stuff you eat, but it's the stuff that you think. Because they did a, actually scientists did a did a, a study of two glasses of water mm-hmm. speaking to the water positively, mm-hmm. speaking to the water negatively, and you would see the negativity would crystallize and be oh, really? dark. And I, I have to send you the link. I, I believe it's it. fascinating. I believe and it. then the, when when you speak positively. To the water, it's clear and it's vibrant and it's it's white. It, it it's so crazy. So like, cells and the, like energy is is a b- big part. So I feel like to get back to the show, I I just feel like people, like I get it, hypertension, but I don't feel like prescription drugs is the answer. It's not. The it's answer. diet. It's once again as we've talked on this show a million times. A lot of times, the actual prescription drug is. Just a band-aid. I, I don't even want to call it a band-aid yeah. because sometimes it actually does worse, worse than yeah. if you just died from whatever it is that you have. I would much rather not die, but... Yeah, but I mean, like, if you... <laughs> it, I, I can't think of a disease. I'm not wishing that on anyone, right. but it's like if I had fill-in-the-blank disease, sometimes just waiting Let's it out or doing something a little bit more holistic and natural... Crohn's disease. ...is better than taking a, yeah. a pill. The pill could actually do more damage. You, y'all know those... those um, Ads where they'll say if you've suffered from this, yeah, this yeah, it could yeah. cause bleeding and this and that. And or it's like, if you oh. take this, it could be erectile dysfunction. It could exactly. be a heart attack, heart failure, liver transfer. <laughs> I'm like, what? But it's gonna keep your blood pressure down. But yes, you're at risk of 120 <laughs> different symptoms that could potentially happen. That part. So uh. I, I just really I found the only part of that entire synopsis getting back to the show in Max and in the barbershop and the and Kenny handing out the prescription is the prescription part. That's the only part. I, yeah. Because I do feel like, you know, if if he's gonna be able to hand out a prescription, <clears throat> like that kind of Well, he's not handing out a prescription. The prescription was already filled. He's just handing out the bottles. The dosage of just, it? Well, he handed the, some guy a bottle. So I'm sure if someone has hypertension, Max, well, Kenny, who's the owner of the shop, right. is just handing out. Because apparently Max made this checklist dummy proof. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, because so, we didn't see it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess it's that easy. I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know. That that whole... But he has a good heart. But, but I will say, I do enjoy... So an, another thing um and i don't know how it is for y'all but like in the black community uh-huh. the barbershop is like the, the place the place to go it's like everyone go, goes I, to the barbershop and, and and kenny was right there's so <clears throat> many conversations that take place in the barbershop that don't take place anywhere else and it is a place of trust and you know if i if you're my barber i can walk in and not talk to anyone else and you and i just have yep. this understanding that i yep. will forever come to you yeah so it, it really is like a loyalty based situation there so i do sure like the fact that they went in and did is that. 
a community and a, a barber shop or a hair salon, mm-hmm. at least from stuff that I've seen. But it's something about the African American community with the barber shop. It's like a family. It is. People it's, literally will go to the barber shop be there to just hang out day. all day long. Yes. I don't do that, but it's they so, do. But it's yes. so cool because they've built such a community. Because you think about it, like someone's cutting my hair, I'm gonna freaking trust you. Yeah. <laughs> but then also, so you know, and not this is not a beat up on anyone's show, but. Um, a lot of times, I think it's because there's this safety in the barbershop that you just don't get anywhere else. For and sure. so it's like you just want to revel in <clears throat> this this safety. Like like I said, I am not that guy. I yeah. go in and get my hair cut and, and I'm I gone. Leave, yeah. But there are dudes that I know just come in, speak to everybody, joke, laugh, For sure. watch the game, whatever is going on. And then they leave. Yeah. Never even get a haircut. That's crazy. It's the weirdest thing. I got things to do. I can't be sitting in a barbershop. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, also, so the next thing that, that really was impressive, interesting in the show. I feel like there's always an epidemic. And on this show, the epidemic today was lead poisoning. Mm-hmm. And there was this mysterious outbreak of lead poisoning. There was a little boy um, who was suffering, who had come into the hospital, was mm-hmm. suffering from lead poisoning. They were trying to figure out where. They went all around trying to figure out where. And then they found out that they were uh, blasting, uh, painting over a structure. And from that, so 1972, they used lead paint. For all of their yep. for all of their buildings and everything, so now they're repainting, and they come to find out, oh, the lead that y'all were blasting out to repaint <sighs> this place has now spilled over into these communities. Brooklyn is where they are, and now a lot of kids are being affected by lead, which is the thing. It's a uh, high metal toxicity is a is a thing, mm-hmm. uh, and all disease live and thrive off of all the metals. So once you release the body of all the metals, your chronic diseases will start to fade away. And unfortunately, this kid has been one of the victims. And the the whole, I think he said six blocks. Six blocks of families, of people, are infected by lead poisoning. I mean... That's not good. And the fact that this guy who the is in charge captain, of the city he's like, said, we well, you, not, can't, yes. you don't have any proof. Oh, they found some. But even just saying that, that's just a, a shitty thing to say. Are you surprised? No, I'm not okay. surprised. I'm just checking. Just checking. I'm just, but, I'm, but still, it's, still, it's I'm, still. I'm not surprised, but it, never, but it surprises me. Yeah. Like just hearing it, I'm just like, you're a human being. Mm-hmm. These are people that are in your community. These are human beings. You're a human being. You can't just be like, you don't have proof or you blah, blah. It no can't one, be us. Maybe it's work. Like, what? No one Come wants to on. spend the money. No one wants to be held accountable no, unless it's something positive. And no one wants to spend the money. So, unfortunately, they will let children, women and children, of course the men too, they will let them fall by the wayside. And I remember as a kid being afraid of lead poisoning. But really? it wasn't from the paint or anything. I was afraid from the lead in your... Uh, On the pens? And the pencil. And the pencil. Because there were so many times I would accidentally stab myself or oh, like because oh it would be in my pocket yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was just always afraid of dying from lead poisoning. No way. But never because from of a pencil. Paint. Because of a pencil. Because of a number two. <laughs> because of the number two pencil. Um... <laughs> So Dr. Frum and, and Kapoor, they were kind of all over this situation. Like you said, the, the I'm going to call him a city councilman. I'm not sure of what his position yep. was, but he was over the city and yep. this whole project. He literally said to them, you can't prove it. And since you can't prove it, we're not taking responsibility for this. Um, 
What is it, what do you think about our leaders taking responsibility for things that go wrong? Like, is it the government's position to step in when something like this happens and say, you know what, we messed up, we're the ones that do it, so now, yes, we have to pay the, let's just throw a number out there, $100 million lawsuit to fix all of this. Money is the root of all evil. That's exactly why all of these higher-up executives, if it's the city, if it's the government, if it's mm-hmm. a corporation, the percentages of someone on the higher-ups taking a fall and telling them and telling the people that they're at fault is very small. And that is not okay. Because you have to be responsible for all of your actions. If you're making the big bucks, if you're a captain of the team, you have to be hold yourself, even if you didn't do it. Yeah. You are the lead boss, which means that you should be making sure that every single procedure is being done. The the safety of people that were underneath the Cross Bronx Expressway Bridge mm-hmm. is that safety. Number one, they're supposed to have a netting. Yeah. To catch to the, catch anything. If, yeah, and they didn't. When you see any construction, yep. they always have this thing to cover it mm-hmm. so nothing falls onto the people. Yeah. People on the higher ups, if it's city, if it's government, if it's corporations, we have to do a better job. At holding yourselves accountable for whatever goes wrong, even if you did not do it yourself. You're the leader of that team. Or if you're not the leader, you have someone else as as the leader who's reporting to you. You still have to make sure. Yeah. It's funny because uh, this whole topic reminds me of one thing, just to bring it current. Um, I think it was last year, sometime this year, where... Asbestos? Not asbestos, but I was thinking about our first responders from 9-11. Okay. And how a lot of the firefighters and police officers and everyone that went in to try to help and save and and clear out the wreckage, you know, there were a lot of diseases that came out because of a lot of people that... that, walked away with cancers and all of Mm. these respiratory issues that later did did kill them. Um, But there was a fund set up that was bipartisan that over the years, because remember this is 2001, we're in 2019, um, that over the years has managed to get passed every single time to keep the funding for these people to continue their treatment, to continue. But this year... It was up for debate. This year, they were they were potentially not going to pass it to pay for our first responders. And John Stewart spoke out. There was a guy, I don't remember his name, but he was, I think, a firefighter. And he was literally, it was the last thing he did. And he went and testified before Congress. And he was basically saying, "This I am one of those people. You have to continue this fund. Oh, my God. And he uh, subsequently passed away, I think, even before they did ultimately do it. But this reminds me of that. Yeah. Because it's like these people, the first responders, put their lives in danger for us with the terrorism yeah. attack and everything, and here yeah. we are turning our back on them. So That's messed up. <sighs> we are the people. We have to protect each other. We do. We're not, like, it's not even We're like, not animals, come, on. come on, or like a freaking alien comes down and tries to captivate us. Like, we have to protect ourselves. I don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're it Asian, matter. if you're, it We're doesn't human. matter. We're like, human beings. So speaking of human beings and speaking of protecting yourselves, Dr. Sharp and Dr. Castro got into it on this episode. Not in like the biggest way, but they still got into it nonetheless. I, don't like Dr. Sharp. Uh, uh, I love Dr. Sharp. I love I think Dr. We Sharp. Both agree. Can't we stand do Dr. not Dr. like Castro. Dr. Castro. We don't trust her. Um, and in this particular episode, she was basically experimenting on this 70-year-old woman who was dying of cancer, I believe. 
and or she at least had a fatal she illness. She had whatever. a tumor, like a big a big tumor that was very the specifics of the tumor was very inviting to Dr. Castro because it was something that she was going to potentially uh, that's what I'm looking for. It was going to. She was trying. It was like a uh, an experiment. Right. So Dr. Castro felt like, well, <clears throat> since she's dying anyway, this is my opportunity to try out these various forms of treatment um, via pills and mm-hmm. however else. And so Dr. Sharp literally came to this woman in a, in a one on one, sat her down, and she asked her, you know, how how is your mental health? How are you feeling about life? Do you feel like you have a a a, a purpose to live? Like, and she. The lady was answering the questions honestly, and she was like, yeah, no, not really. You know, I'm just, I'm taking it day by day, but I don't really feel like I have yeah. a purpose for living. She's like, but why are you asking me these questions? And she pulled out a bottle of pills, and she was like, basically, these pills that you're taking are... No, that that, that, that you can take. can take, sorry, that you can take will literally slow your heart rate and everything down. Just basically accelerating the process of you dying. Dying, yeah. And she was like, the, the choice is up to you. I can't make this choice for you, but you're still in control of your life. Whether you live another 30 years or live another year, you're still in control. And if you want to take these pills, here they are. If I come back in here and they're gone, no questions asked. But I just want you to know the facts. And Dr. Castro lost it. And she, you know... Um, confronted Dr. Sharp and said, I thought we were on the same team. I thought you were supposed to be, like, supporting my thoughts and my efforts, and you just aren't. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Dr. Castro has an ulterior motive in everything that she does. She is, like, big pharma. But what does she get out of it, though? Because if she finds... okay, Okay, so if you remember, she found... She's the one that administered the laser treatment on Dr. Max's throat. And it worked. So if she's this doctor that keeps discovering these new treatments, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to make her so much money. Okay. Okay, so she just—that's her ulterior motive. She's she's trying all of these new experimental things because she wants that to be her signature thing. She discovered it. She she found the cure. She found a treatment. You know, she gave her seven different medications. Like that's a lot for a human being to take. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot. Crazy. Like, come on. I mean, I understand it now. Unless the patient gives you full consent. Mm Hmm. That, okay, I want to be the pig. I want you to see for other people who could potentially have this. Then I feel like that's a different story. Yeah. So I feel like you, I don't know if this is what you're saying, but you have to let the patient know that I'm basically just trying out all of these different things on you. Right. Did she ever, she never, I don't, I don't recall her. I don't, I, I never saw the conversation. Now, I don't know if it was, if I may have missed it and there was maybe something said in a conversation between her and Sharp. I don't even think the patient knew that Dr. Castro was giving her seven different medications. If a doctor came, I think I already know this answer, but if a doctor came to you and said that, you know, you have fill-in-the-blank illness, um, we're not quite sure how to treat this, but there's one prescription or one uh, medicine that I would like to try out on you. I haven't really been able to try it. It's very little um, research has been done on this drug. Would you try it? Depends on the stage of my life. If I'm young and I don't want to die yet, let's try everything. Okay. But if I'm like old, older, mm. what uh, if you're not old, older? What if you're just like 
regular old, like 60s. 60s not old. It's not old. Yeah, but what if you're in your 60s? I still want to try it. I, I don't want to die. Okay. I don't want to die yet. Okay. I, I'm going to die in a period and a method by my own choosing. You're going to choose when you I'm die. I'm going to choose when I die and how I die. We were talking off camera uh, about death. How, and uh, we're about to get into our special segment. What, explain to the people what you were telling me about death and how does one get comfortable? Because you said that if you can get comfortable with death, then you will enjoy your life a lot more. Explain. Death is inevitable for everyone. From the second you are born, you're dying. Slowly dying. So, us as human beings, I mean, uh, anything living with a conscience, which is with a central nervous system... You just have to be okay with death because the minute you're like, I'm going to die because everyone's going to die. Dies. It's inevitable. Yeah. That is that is what this world and this life is all about. Yes. So once you're okay with death, once you're okay with whenever my time comes, my time comes, you stop being afraid of everything. I mean, yes, you get anxious. You still have nerves because you're the only mm-hmm. human being and you're alive. But – the minute you're not afraid to die and death doesn't even become a thought in your head, life just opens up so much more and you just so like – you just try everything and you do everything. And I, that's how we, we're, we're, we're uh, experimental beings. Mm-hmm. We're not beings that should be like yes, closed we're, off. We're not a timid being. No. So my th- – OK. So I have just in this little two-minute conversation – I I personally am not afraid of death, but I am afraid of death of loved ones. So like, of my course parents, you are. So that. Yeah. So I guess my question. I'm trying to get to where I'm comfortable with others. My death. I'm cool. I could die tomorrow and I'm good. But like, but you're not gonna I'm die not, tomorrow. God willing. But you're not gonna die tomorrow. But I want to know, like, how do you? How does? How does you one... have to go through the pain? I unfortunately, unfortunately, but fortunately, it's like a catch twenty two. Me growing up as a kid, I had I went through a lot of death. I basically mm. lost all my immediate family before I even graduated the eighth grade. Wow! From my great grandmother, who I was really close with, to my grand, to my to my like uncle, which was my mom's brother, to my grandmother, which was my mom's mom, to my dad when I was eleven, and then to my grandfather. Right, like literally two days before I was graduating in the eighth grade, wow. and. I'm okay with it now because I experienced it. And that's with anything in life. You have you become okay with things after you experience them. It's just like riding a bicycle. The first time on a bike, you're like, whoa, you're this feels weird. You're afraid. But you fall. You get up. And it's like, oh, okay. That's not that bad. Like, you just – it's unfortunate. But it's a part of life. It is and you have life. to experience it and be okay with it. And just know that it is a part of life. And once you do those things, life just becomes – you're just not worried so much about death and about other people dying because you know what's going to eventually happen. I feel that. And also, I want y'all to feel this. It's time for our new segment. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So it is my favorite segment, me being a, um, a science nerd. I like to call this segment biohacking. So it's oh. it's how – we as human beings can biohack our own body. So throughout the remaining part of this season, every week I'm going to be giving you some biohacking tips. So this week, because I know 
everyone out there, probably 7 billion people out of the 7.5 billion people, are always on their phones. Uh. So... It's probably you're, – and you're probably on your phones into the wee hours of the night and probably in your bed right before you fall asleep. Yes. So here's a biohacking tip on limiting all light at night. Light, especially the blue light spectrum from your TV, computer, and phone screens can break your sleep cycle and even lead to a lower quality of sleep. Limiting light in the evenings can change your life. I use – me personally – True, true dark. So it's these glasses with like an orange tint, mm-hmm. and it blocks the rays and the blue light from your phone. So when in, so when the sun goes down, we have something that's called in our bodies a circadian clock. Yes, and that circadian clock is once the sun goes down and the and like your real world outside is dark. Mm-hmm. Your body knows it's time to go to sleep, soon to go to sleep. So when we're always constantly staring at light, it thinks it's the daytime. So it doesn't know what to do. So by limiting your screen time, you can have a higher quality in life. That's even during the day. And... Your sleep quality will be so much better. Now, I am a living testament of this. I do not look at my phone or a TV an hour before my, I go to sleep. Okay. And I literally, if I, if I get up, it's because I have to pee. But any time, other time than that, I sleep through the whole night. Six and a half hours to seven and a half hours of literally uninterrupted sleep. And that's because I do not look at the phone screen. And it's, and it's the phone screen itself hmm. that will that. keep you up because Apple's smart. They designed these phones very like attractive. Oh yes, I always I I love my phone. Love my phone. I hate looking at my screen because if I look at it for too long and I haven't done this in a while, my eyes will hurt and I will literally get in a bad mood. Yeah, it freaking messes with my head. So. The glasses, and I recommend everyone trying them out and going to get them. They're called True Dark, and they literally block the the blue light from the screen. And uh, if you also want to uh, switch light bulbs of of the inside of your house to a red spectrum light, red spectrum. So like the stuff that we have here in this yeah. uh, studio, and then right next to all like freaking all the TVs, mm-hmm. that light, the red light. Oh. That you see here is easier on your retinas. It already made things easier. You when see it what came I'm on. saying? Ooh. Boom! Boom! Biohacking like 101 that. with your boy. I got to get some red lights. TLC told us about <laughs> the red lights special a long time ago. So something else I wanted to jump into uh, right before we go off. Uh, we were talking about water, and you were yep. saying uh, speaking positively into the water. And all yep. So when I was younger, I was a science nerd, and I had always thought that the danger, one of the most dangerous things out there was the microwave. And so I did a science fair experiment talking about how the microwave, I believe, is really the main cause of a lot of our cancers lot and, of and everything, being that it's killing the nutrients um, by zapping it yep. with the microwaves. So I did a science fair experiment where I had plants. Some plants got natural water. Some plants got tap water. Some plants got water that was warmed up by the microwave and then cooled and i kid you not the water that was warmed up by the microwave and then cooled it killed the plant it i mean the plant did not last half as long as the other plants did and i 
said to myself, boom, this is it. Stop using the microwave. I still, to this day. Use the microwave. I try. I use it less, but I still use it. Just get a toaster oven. I have. I have it, but I, oh the God. microwave is just so quick. So I say all that to say, <laughs> let's bond together and stop with the microwave. Stop with the microwave. It's literally radiation. We're eating radiation. It's for literally no reason. like chemotherapy in your food. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you're digesting it, and your body's going crazy. Yeah. Oh, right. and just one last thing. Yeah. Just for all you meat eaters out there, for all you red meat eaters out there, and I, I believe. I'm like 98% sure that I read an article that the FDA now approved that red meat mm-hmm. is a carcinogenic, mm. which means that it causes cancer. Yes. Now, if the FDA is saying this, you know it's damn near true. I guess I need to stop with this red meat. Thing. Stop with I don't the eat chicken it often, and, and, and I definitely and, need to calm it and down. the fish and the red meat. Yeah. I mean, sorry, stop it with the the, the Pork the is. red meat, the chicken, the turkey, and the pork, and you can eat some more. Eat some more fish and a lot of plants and yeah. fruit, and you will never get sick like me. Well, if you don't want to get sick like Ricky, Ricky, tell the people where they can find you so they you can, can know where to not get sick. <laughs> you can find me at Ricky Vitucci on all social media platforms, and I love posting about all my biohacking stuff. So follow me there. He has a very fun page to follow, and you can follow me on all social media at the Tyler Tyson. Hey, we love y'all for watching. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. You just have to be okay with death. Because the minute you're like, I'm going to die. Because everyone's going to die. Dies. It's inevitable. Yeah. That is that is what this world and this life is all about. Yes. So once you're okay with death, once you're okay with whenever my time comes, my time comes, you stop being afraid of everything. I mean, yes, you get anxious. You still have nerves because you're the only mm-hmm. human being and you're alive. But... The minute you're not afraid to die and death doesn't even become a thought in your head, life just opens up so much more and you just so like you just try everything and you do everything. And I, that's how we, we're, we're, we're uh, experimental beings. Mm-hmm. We're not beings that should be like yes, closed we're, off. We're not a timid being. No. So my th- OK. So I have just in this little two minute conversation. I, I personally am not afraid of death, but I am afraid of death of loved ones. So like, of my course parent, you are. So that. Yeah. So I guess my question. I'm trying to get to where I'm comfortable with others. My death. I'm cool. I could die tomorrow and I'm good. But like. But you're not gonna I'm die not, tomorrow. God willing. But you're not gonna die tomorrow. But I want to know like how do you how does how does you one, have to go through the pain? I unfortunately, unfortunately, but fortunately, it's like a catch twenty two. Me growing up as a kid, I had I went through a lot of death. I basically mm. lost all my immediate family before I even graduated the eighth grade. Wow! From my great grandmother, who I was really close with, to my grand, to my uh, to my like uncle, which was my mom's brother, to my grandmother, which was my mom's mom, to my dad when I was eleven, and then to my grandfather. Right, like literally two days before I was graduating in the eighth grade, wow. and. 
I'm okay with it now because I experienced it. And that's with anything in life. You have you become okay with things after you experience them. It's just like riding a bicycle. The first time on a bike, you're like, whoa, you're this feels yeah. weird. You're afraid. But you fall. You get up. And it's like, oh, okay. That's not that bad. Like, you just – it's unfortunate. But it's a part of life. It is and you have to experience it and be okay with it. And just know that it is a part of life. And once you do those things, life just becomes – you're just not worried so much about death and about other people dying because you know what's going to eventually happen. I feel that. And also, I want y'all to feel this. It's time for our new segment. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So it is my favorite segment, me being a, um, a science nerd. I like to call this segment biohacking. So it's – it's how we as human beings can biohack our own body. So throughout the remaining part of this season, every week I'm going to be giving you some biohacking tips. So this week, because I know everyone out there, probably 7 billion people out of the 7.5 billion people are always on their phones. Uh. So it's probably – and you're probably on your phones into the wee hours of the night and probably in your bed right before you fall asleep. Yes. So here's a biohacking tip on limiting all light at night. Light, especially the blue light spectrum from your TV, computer, and phone screens can break your sleep cycle and even lead to a lower quality of sleep. Limiting light in the evenings can change your life. I use – me personally – True, true dark. So it's these glasses with like an orange tint, mm -hmm. and it blocks the rays and the blue light from your phone. So when in, so when the sun goes down, we have something that's called in our bodies a circadian clock. Yes, and that circadian clock is once the sun goes down and the, and like your real world outside is dark. Mm -hmm. Your body knows it's time to go to sleep, yeah. soon to go to sleep. Yes. So when we're always constantly staring at light, it thinks it's the daytime. So it doesn't know what to do. So by limiting your screen time, you can have a higher quality in life. That's even during the day. And your sleep quality will be so much better. Now, I am a living testament of this. I do not look at my phone or a TV an hour before my, I go to sleep. Okay. And I literally, if I, if I get up, it's because I have to pee. But any time, other time than that, I sleep through the whole night. Six and a half hours to seven and a half hours of literally uninterrupted sleep. And that's because I do not look at the phone screen. And it's, and it's the phone screen itself hmm. that will that. keep you up because Apple smart. They designed these phones very like attractive. Oh yes, I always I even, I love my phone. Love my phone. I hate looking at my screen because if I look at it for too long and I haven't done this in a while, my eyes will hurt yeah. and I will literally get in a bad mood. Yeah, it freaking messes with my head. So the glasses and I recommend everyone trying them out and going to get them. They're called True Dark, and they literally block the the blue light from the screen. And uh, if you also want to uh, switch light bulbs of, of the inside of your house to a red spectrum light. Red spectrum. So like the stuff that we have here in this yeah. uh, studio and right next to all, like freaking all the TVs, mm -hmm. that light, the red light oh. that you see here is easier 
on your retinas. It already made things easier. You when see it what came I'm on. saying? Ooh. Boom. Boom. Biohacking like 101 that. with your boy. I got to get some red lights. TLC told us about <laughs> the red lights a long time ago. So something else I wanted to jump into uh, right before we go off. Uh, we were talking about water, and you were yep. saying uh, speaking positively into the water. And all yep. So when I was younger, I was a science nerd, and I had always thought that the danger, one of the most dangerous things out there was the microwave. And so I did a science fair experiment talking about how the microwave, I believe, is really the main cause of a lot of our cancers and, of and everything, being that it's killing the nutrients um, by zapping it yep. with the microwaves. So I did a science fair experiment where I had plants. Some plants got natural water. Some plants got tap water. Some plants got water that was warmed up by the microwave and then cooled. And I kid you not, the water that was warmed up by the microwave and then cooled... It killed the plant. It, I mean, the plant did not last yep. half as long as the other plants did. And I said to myself, boom, this is it. Stop using the microwave. I still, to this day... Use the microwave. I try. I use it less, but I still use it. Just get a toaster oven. I have, I have it. But I, oh my the God. microwave is just so quick. So I say all that to say, <laughs> let's bond together and stop with the microwave. Stop with the microwave. It's literally radiation. We're eating radiation it's for no reason. It's literally like chemotherapy in your food. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you're digesting it and your body's going crazy. Yeah. Oh, right. and just one last thing. Yeah. Just for all you meat eaters out there, for all you red meat eaters out there, and I, I believe... I'm like 98% sure that I read an article that the FDA now approved that red meat mm -hmm. is a carcinogenic, mm. which means that it causes cancer. Yes. Now, if the FDA is saying this, you know it's damn near true. I guess I need to stop with this red meat. Thing. Stop with the chicken often, and, 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 I definitely and, need to calm it and the fish and the red meat. Yeah. I mean, sorry, stop it with the, the, the pork, the is. red meat, the chicken, the turkey, and the pork, and you can eat some more, eat some more fish and a lot of plants and yeah. fruit. And you will never get sick like me. Well, if you don't want to get sick like Ricky, Ricky, tell the people where they can find you so they can, can know where to not get sick. <laughs> you can find me at Ricky Vitucci on all social media platforms, and I love posting about all my biohacking stuff, so follow me there. He has a very fun page to follow, and you can follow me on all social media at The Tyler Tyson. Hey, we love y'all for watching. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.